What is up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and CEO of Morning Brew, coming to you with another episode of The Founder's Journal, my daily audio diary made public for the world, where I talk about the biggest lessons, learnings, or current challenges happening behind the scenes at Morning Brew. As always, I am joined by my co-pilot, Josh Kaplan, who's looking extra in focus today because of his new webcam he's very excited about. Today, we are talking about the current marketing plan for Founders Journal. And I'm going to say for Founders Journal as a podcast, you're going to give me crap about it. We're going to talk about it. If anyone who's listening has grown a podcast or a multimedia franchise before, and you have thoughts or ideas for us growing Founders Journal, either include it in the comments for other people watching or shoot me an email at alex at morningbrew.com. We're always looking for ways to grow this thing, but we're going to walk you through what we currently do as well as the challenges we have found in trying to grow the show. Let's do it. Yes, we're going to start with only the podcast, the RSS feed. Yep. So here's how I think about it. At the end of the day, the reason I think of Founders Journal from a marketing perspective as a podcast right now is I think you need to be focused in getting an opt-in audience. Like with email, what we were really good at was getting people to opt into our newsletter. So then every day, it was like setting an alarm. When you go to sleep, you would get a notification from us because you told us you're going to get a notification. When you think about things in a multimedia fashion, it doesn't necessarily work in such a clean way. And by the way, when we start thinking about monetizing this thing, I think it becomes way more complicated of a sell when we're not just selling a singular podcast. So now give me the business because I know you're uh, looking at me like I have five heads. The first thing you said is is the notification is being able to go to the recipient of the content, which I agree is fantastic with email newsletters and is exactly why it was perfect for a text-based product within Morning Brew as the newsletter. But you subscribe to a YouTube channel, you get notifications. You subscribe to you yep. on LinkedIn, everybody gets notification. Alex Lieberman is live. There's a lot more ways to push people updates and not make it such a passive relationship. So I don't think that's unique, as unique to podcasting as we might be thinking. So I agree with you. And note, why don't we start with the challenges of our marketing strategy first, and then we'll go into what we do yeah. now. So yeah. what I find to be one of the challenges of what we're doing now is, let's think about what we're doing right now. We went live and going live gives us just more eyeballs to get in front of for people that aren't trying to discover us through the podcast apps. Now we have the ability to get in front of my Twitter audience, Morning Brew's Twitter audience, and my LinkedIn audience. What is the challenge of that? Well, right now we have a short show, right? It's a 10 to 15 minute show and it's daily. And right now, if you wanted to consume Founders Journal content, you get the exact same content that you're getting on Twitter as what you're getting in the podcast app. So what is the incentive for a viewer right now to sign up on the podcast app other than to get the reminder because not everyone is getting the notification when we go live on this platform. So I think one of the challenges in my mind right now is we're not creating differentiated content for each platform. So it actually gives people reasons to subscribe on the app. And if down, getting downloads of the podcast is important, aren't we shooting ourselves in the foot? Well, let's go through the user flow. Okay. I love LinkedIn. I follow you on LinkedIn. I get the notifications. Uh, sometimes I tune in live and put what city I'm watching from. Sometimes I see the notification a couple hours later and I watch it in the LinkedIn app. What's wrong with that? Nothing is wrong with it. I think it makes it harder to make it habitual. And what, I will, what I'll say is LinkedIn is also different than Twitter. 
On Twitter, you're not getting a notification each time I go live. On LinkedIn, if you're a follower of mine, you are. So I'd actually say I feel better about LinkedIn Live's feature in the sense that I can bug 50,000 people at once, whereas on Twitter, I don't have that power or that responsibility. And so I guess what I would say is there's nothing wrong with it, but then how are we creating habit for people? By making great content that people go, oh shit, I really do want to come back and hear Alex and Josh talk again tomorrow and I will go wherever it's most convenient. But so you're forcing people to remember to tune in. Yeah. I, do you think your Apple podcast app helps you maintain habit? Well, I think that's a good question. If a new, don't you get a notification every time if you're subscribed to a show, every time a new episode hits? I don't think it happens for every show, every episode. I get bucketed notifications for some reason. I've also subscribed to so many shows because of my occupation that it just is a wash of a notification. So my use case isn't great. What I don't hear people, I don't think we should equate the email send, the email notification to a new episode on Apple Podcasts. I think that the unread email in your inbox is an incredibly powerful tool to A, create habit to somewhere that you definitely go every day to and be somewhere that you really want to open so you get the unread and you just flip through. Really using the app as habit within Apple Podcasts, I don't buy as much, but I've been wrong before. Yeah. And, you know, I'm seeing this in the comments now from uh, Andrew on LinkedIn about how there's a difference when you want to attend live versus a recorded podcast. I think that's the other thing is one of these you can do on your own time versus one of these you can't do on your own time. I think that like in a perfect world, I would say that we create differentiated enough content where there's a reason for you to download the podcast, but also if you want to tune in sometimes, you know you're going to get something different. And I think that's part of where the evolution of this has to come from because I do think going live actually have done the right way will lead to more downloads of the podcast because it simply is just getting us in front of more eyeballs. Like it is increasing discoverability. And this now I would say is going towards team Josh, which is thinking of the show less of a, as a podcast, more as a multimedia franchise by us being live on Twitter and LinkedIn right now, this is a multimedia franchise. Audio is one part of it, but video is as well. And I think it, it would be hard to argue the value of this versus what's the alternative. We record this just on Squadcast. No one sees it. And then we publish it. How do people find out about it? Word of mouth. And that's kind of it. Because what we've learned is discovery on the podcast apps is absolute dog shit. And like, yeah, maybe we get, we convince the folks at Apple one day to include us in, you know, their spotlighted podcast. But I would say the odds of that for how small we are right now is pretty damn low. And so to me, this adds a level of discoverability on social platforms that podcast apps don't offer right now because the technology isn't there. Wholeheartedly agree. So what I want to just do to finish the episode is talk about what are the things we do? Like, what is our marketing playbook right now? Um, and then I want to finish by just soliciting ideas from everyone watching. Perfect. So I, I break up how we market Founders Journal into kind of two buckets. One is proactive marketing and one is reactive marketing. My view on proactive marketing is I think about this bucket as kind of the always on things we do for every single Founders Journal show. This is going live turning show content into text-based social posts that get dripped out by being created and then set up in buffer to auto post, cutting up clips for the show to then post later with both audio, video, and text, but in like 15 to 30 second clips rather than the entire 15 minute thing, including a banner like we are right now 
that says subscribe to the Founders Journal. Again, that is a proactive marketing tactic. Getting Morning Brew's account to retweet the live each time we do it. Like I have already seen a significant bump in views of the lives, but also downloads of the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all of them, which we look at through Art19. That's what aggregates all the data from getting Morning Brew to retweet. So I think about proactive marketing as the always-on marketing that is so important to build process around. And the way we build process is there are tasks that I'm assigned to do every day, like set up StreamYard, come up with the topic, make sure the content is great, have the subscribe to Founders Journal in the bottom. And then there are things we give to our editor, Oswin, who is responsible for editing the show, uploading it to the podcast apps, creating the text content, creating the video clips, and scheduling them in buffer to send out. Then I think the second bucket is re, uh, bucket uh, is reactive marketing, which I view as like these one-off marketing tactics or like these tactics that we come up with as a result of a new insight. So examples of that would be, you know, how do we change what we're doing about the show and about how we market it as a function of COVID because people aren't commuting anymore. So I think luckily for this show, it's a short show where even in your two-minute commute from upstairs to downstairs, you can still get value out of the show. But I would say for other podcasts, you have an hour-long show. How are you thinking about marketing this in a different way or repackaging it in a different way such that it works for people's lives? That's a form of reactive marketing. Two other examples would be if on the show, we call out a company or a person in a given episode, can we reach out to them to retweet it? We're going to do an example of this now. I think one of the best podcast marketers is Pomp, Anthony Pompliano, because he has great guests. He is great at repurposing social content, and he gets those guests to shout out the podcast as well. We're going to test after the show if Pomp is willing to retweet this. That is a, po a podcast marketing tactic. And then the final one is if we think there's a particular episode that, say, Apple Podcasts or Spotify would find interesting, pitching it to them to include in their feature shows is, again, a reactive marketing tactic based on the content we created that we think a, a given distribution channel would care about. So I bucket things in terms of proactive marketing and reactive marketing. And I think what sits at the top of that that makes all of this possible is just consistent quality content. So at the end of the day, if we are not coming back to this every day, going live every day, having Morning Brew retweet every day and creating content that we believe like memorializes the authentic journey happening behind the scenes at startup. And if we don't keep creating great content around that narrative, nothing else matters. I'm with you. I think another way of looking at it is content marketing and brand marketing, and then also just like process marketing, or I guess product marketing would really product marketing, content marketing and brand, which, which is something that I've been trying to parse out on business casual and understanding how we continue to grow the shows. But I think what we have to keep doing is like keep looking at it in different ways to crack the code. So, totally. And yeah. I, I think two important considerations for us to think about from a marketing tactics perspective are one, is there going to be a point in time where we want to increase the length of the show or maybe even create two acts where you can listen to the bite-sized journal entry, but maybe then there's an interview with an expert about the journal entry we do that gives one more content real estate to cut up and repurpose. Also getting the guest of the interview to who hopefully has a big audience to retweet it or share it. Again, that, that builds a marketing mechanism into the content. And I think, again, we'll, we'll play around with that and we'll see what works. But for everyone who's listening, this has been our playbook for growing the Founders Journal. It grew 50% uh, month over month from 
July to August. Not saying a whole lot because the show is still still small, but it's moving up into the right, so it's uh, the right direction. But for anyone listening who's grown a podcast or grown a multimedia franchise, and you have tips for us to grow this show um, or just ideas for the show in general, shoot us an email at alex at morningbrew.com. We'd love to riff about it, and we'd love to call out your uh, thoughts and feedback on the next show or a future one. Thanks, everyone, for joining, and hope you have a great day. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.